Welcome to Awesome Movie Year, the podcast where we take a look back at an awesome year for movies, which is every year. My name is Josh Bell, film critic and writer, and I am joined by my co-host. I'm Jason Harris, filmmaker, comedian, and here's a song about garlic you've never heard before and will never hear again. (laughs) Garlic, garlic, commonly used as an herb or spice. Garlic, garlic, on spaghetti you are nice. Garlic on a crostini. Keeps going. Or in your Chinese food. If you don't like garlic, maybe you're just rude. It's garlic. Josh, cut me off at any time. Garlic. I I, I, I didn't know I could. I I would like to cut you off from before you started, maybe, if possible. (laughs) Garlic. Yeah, so another banger. You know what? I like that that for for those of you who don't know, that is not from the movie. That is a fully original production by Jason Harris. Um but why is he doing that? Why why is he doing and, that? And can I just say we didn't get to the drum solo, but you know, maybe another time. Sure. Yeah, I don't know how what that has to do with garlic, but in this season of Awesome Movie Year, we've been talking about the films of 1980. And here we are at our very quirky documentary selection, which is Les Blank's Garlic is as Good as Ten Mothers, a documentary about garlic, as you might have imagined from Jason's uh, warbling there. And (laughs) although that is an original Jason Harris composition, it is an homage to an actual garlic song that is in this film, as well as a lot of very passionate garlic... uh, tributes i guess in various yeah. forms multiple think, songs about garlic in this uh, i think yeah songs and costumes and festivals and you Books. think can there be a movie all about garlic and les blank says yes and this is a short film it's only 51 minutes so we it barely could qualify as a feature film but it's longer certainly than i think most people would expect a documentary about garlic to be just one of the many wonders of garlic. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, I was, we may or may not have talked about on this show. I, uh, I'm a very picky eater. I don't like most food, but I'm pro garlic. I like garlic on stuff. Yeah. I love it. Uh, you know, from a taste standpoint, but it's also got plenty of uh, health benefits. Yeah. And uh, it, it's a wonderful, if we're going to make a movie, to celebrate, as Jason said, is it a spice, an herb? Is it it's a vegetable? Com- Technically, it's a vegetable, but commonly used as an herb. Or I mean, really, it's a, I consider it a spice. You know, in my culinary endeavors, I use it as a spice most of the time. Yeah, I would say so, too. So if we're going to make a movie about a spice, I think garlic is the one to make. Oh, uh. s- suck on that, cardamom. <laughs> <laughs> Good pick. Yeah. So this is a small film in uh, not only in its its length, but also in its uh, sort of impact, at least initially on its release. Uh, Les Blank is a renowned documentary filmmaker and even uh, back in 1980 was already a pretty prominent documentary filmmaker, but he mostly works in this short form. He only made a handful of movies that could qualify really as full length feature films. And so his movies were not released in the more traditional sense. I don't have box office figures for this film, 
Um, I don't know that it really even got something that resembles like a regular theatrical release. I think his movies mainly, they would play at film festivals, they would play at like colleges and universities, uh, museums, retrospectives, and I think also public television was probably a big outlet for Les Blank films. So it's uh, it's a slightly different uh, sort of background to talk about here than most of the movies that we do on this show. Yeah, but I think you bring up an interesting point. He's an American artist, like chiseling away at something, you know, he's his art is important in the grand scheme of things to what he's showing us. Like we all learned a lot, not just from this, but from the other pieces we've watched, not that he didn't have some theatrical pieces as well, but like, just like as a documentor of American culture, like he's a really important figure. Oh, absolutely. And I didn't mean to do that in any way to diminish his importance. And he is certainly one of the most acclaimed documentary filmmakers ever. Um, and and this film was selected for the National Film Registry. It was re- restored by the Academy Film Archive. I mean, this is is a notable film, but I'm just saying that it's not something that people in 1980 walked down to their local theater to watch. That's just kind of not how it went. Not unless you were at the Gilroy Garlic Festival and there was a special screening of it the next year, maybe. I hope there was. I don't know if that happened, but that sounds like something that should have happened because, of course, the Gilroy Garlic Festival in Gilroy, California, one of the wonderful things showcased uh, in this film. So I will say, however, um, if you saw this in a theater, which, again, is most likely probably at a film festival, less blank had a uh, penchant for roasting garlic in the theater, in the back of the theater, to sort of infuse the showings of this movie with the scent of garlic that would build over the course of watching this film. He referred to it uh, alternately in different places as smell around or aroma around. Um, I don't know if uh, John Waters ever took any inspiration from this for his uh, smell-o-vision, but uh, it's such a lovely little detail about this film. I agree with you there, Josh, and I really think like we they could go next level on this and like do a whole menu of garlic-based, uh, you know, finger foods or snacks that you can enjoy while watching the film. I would like that. I would too. This seems like a perfect movie to be shown at one of those theaters we have now where they serve full uh, full food menus. But it was amusing to read about this. Roger Ebert, who I did not review this movie as far as I could find, but in 1985, he wrote a 20th anniversary piece about the Chicago Film Festival and said, various strange events have occurred during films, none perhaps stranger than the night that documentarian Les Blank premiered his film, Garlic is as Good as Ten Mothers, while frying garlic in the back of the theater. So there is evidence that Roger Ebert experienced this phenomenon. And in 2005, Les Blank told the Washington Post about this, I never insist on it. Sometimes theater owners worry that the garlic smell will stay in the theater forever. So uh, (laughs) strong stuff. Hey, you know, Josh, normally I would say that type of research, you're bringing the meat, but today you're bringing the garlic, baby. I am. That's what Mm -hmm. I'm here for. So, well, as I kind of indicated, it's tough to find actual reviews of this movie from the time that it was released because the release was so sort of sporadic. Of course, the New York Times reviewed it because it did play in New York City as part of a program of Les Blank films uh, in 1981. And Vincent Canby in the New York Times said, garlic is as good, is so good, 
and funny that it doesn't even offend someone who takes a dim view of baked whole garlic and who doesn't exactly long to munch chocolate-covered garlic cloves. It tells you a lot more about garlic than you may ever have wanted to know, and in the manner of someone who knows the truth, it has little patience with people who don't hold the same opinions. Mr. Blank may not be convinced that garlic would keep Dracula at bay. However, he seems to believe that garlic lovers have some closer connection to life in general than those of us who turn up or off our noses at the mere thought of a meal composed entirely of garlic dishes from soup through dessert. Um, I guess Vincent can be not a fan of eating garlic. He's so he's not a fan of so many things, John. <laughs> Do we know what else played in that uh program? Uh yeah, you know what? I I don't have it at hand right now. It was a couple others. And uh, I mean most of these r- reviews, it sounds like because Les Blank made so many short films that the films were often played in these kind of sets together. Yeah. I my guess is I think Werner Herzog Eats His Shoe, which was also released in 1980, was probably part of that program because it was around the same time. Yeah, we all watched both of these going into this. I think yes. garlic is be- this one is better than Werner eats his shoe, yes. uh, which is shocking for me to say, <laughs> but true. You know, I uh, man, there was a time where like roasted garlic bulbs was such a trendy appetizer, and I think we've kind of like not that you still couldn't have it, but you know, it's kind of moved past that. But uh, a full garlic uh, laden meal is still like uh, something that sounds delightful to me. Yeah, me too. I would uh, I would absolutely go for that. I don't know. The one thing that in this movie that he mentions there that I kind of walked at the chocolate covered garlic. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's that's just I got to draw the line there. I don't think I could handle that. And I, as a food writer, connoisseur, reviewer, whatever, would would try it. But I agree with you on that. Um, But it's uh, I don't know what what his deal is. He seemed like. you know, when we watched this movie, like it seemed like garlic was like a new thing to so many people, right? And it's interesting when you put it in that um, perspective of that time, which we always try to do. And like you watch it now, and they're like, "Yeah, of course there's a garlic festival. Of course there's all these garlic dishes." It's interesting to see how it has progressed into like we know the most used spice-like uh, uh, element in our eating. Yeah, it doesn't seem like something that we ever would think of as like exotic or anything, but maybe in 1980 it was still is still a bit that way. Salt used to be used as currency, Josh, so what do we know? That's a fact. <laughs> um, so, like I said, I think public television was a big avenue for less blank films. So, this review, I'm not 100% sure when it is from, but uh this is from TV Guide, their unbylined review. They said From America's most lighthearted documentarian, and one of its best, a 51-minute film celebrating garlic, its pleasures, its powers, and the people who love it. Through it all, Blank drenches his soundtrack with infectious songs indigenous to the various cultures he features in his film. Blank's priceless shorts are devoted alternately to food or music, the one always supporting the other. When blank people are cooking or eating, someone nearby is usually singing, dancing, or playing an instrument, and vice versa. As nonfiction films go, his movies are refreshingly fun-loving and celebratory. And that's definitely something that I noticed too watching, as Jason says, we watched uh, a few less blank movies to prepare because this is such a short film. And all of his movies, really no matter what they're about, just seem so like 
dedicated to the wonder of things like, wow, garlic, wow, this music, wow, Werner Herzog. It's all just sort of this wonderful sense of adventure to his films. Yeah, it's like, now that's what I call documentaries volume <laughs> seven or something. But, um, you know, the other great point in that review, which is true, and I, I, I definitely noticed it while I was watching this, is when they had that like Spanish... I mean, he was a gypsy. That, that's, you know, the, the kind of uh, roving singer, you know, cantador, if you will. Um, when he was singing, they would cut in shots of garlic being chopped to the rhythm of the music. And that was so effective with the combination of the music and the rhythm of the kitchen. I, re- I think that was probably my favorite part of this movie. Yeah. And that guy who I should have looked up his name, but that guy is great. He's he's sort of hilarious. Uh, he's very cantankerous. And he gives this great interview where he's talking about how uh, garlic was essential in Spain, in Spanish cuisine right after World War II, because uh, that was all they had was like garlic and tomatoes to make these garlic and tomato sandwiches. And and Les Blank or whoever on his crew is interviewing said, um, you know, well, 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 who grew the garlic? And the guy's like, oh, the garlic, the people who grow garlic. <laughs> it's like, well, 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 where did they grow it? Where they had the space to grow it? Like, it's just this great circular logic. And I thought it was hilarious. His name is Antonioni del Puerto. There you go. Yeah. So he's great. And, and also, his music was lovely, too. I, I really liked his music. Yeah, his know. music is fun. And was he the one who the he sings, but the musical instrument he plays is literally just like a board of wood that he just taps on. There's uh, some musician in this movie who does that, that I thought was also fantastic. I forget if that was the same one, but that was really cool though. Yeah. And it's like, all that's all you need. Just, just a board. That's your instrument. Yep. So, uh, fantastic. where do you get the board from though? Where, <laughs> where, are are they, where they, right. Exactly. I just thought that was hilarious. And you can just, you can just imagine Les Blank on the other side of the camera, just with this befuddled look on his face. But the beauty of that also is like you're saying the wonderment of these like this guy is so passionate about his music and about garlic and like just this intersection of how essential it is to what he's doing. Like it was really kind of uh, endearing. Yeah. Oh, it is absolutely endearing. I mean, all of it, him and, and really everyone else in this film. So another sort of package program of Les Blank films played in 1991 in Los Angeles. And so Kevin Thomas in the LA Times wrote a review at that point. He said, since culture tends to persist in food and music and they go so well together, these are the enticing ingredients of most of Blank's movies. In the 51 minute Garlic is as good as 10 mothers, Blank celebrates, perhaps a bit too exhaustively, the so-called stinking rose in all its glory extolled for its many virtues in the folklore of health and superstition, and above all in the cuisine of many cultures. We see many tempting dishes being prepared, a number of them by Alice Waters of Berkeley's famous Chez Panisse. And Jason, I was not aware of this, but uh, I'm sure you know that Alice Waters is, I guess, an extremely famous chef. So Alice Waters and Jeremiah Tower in the 1970s basically created California cuisine at Chez Panisse. And then it would be the guys in L.A. like Wolfgang Puck who kind of took it to that SoCal route. But yes, Alice Waters is as essential as an American chef as there is. And uh, Chez Panisse is extremely famous for being one of the first places to use local ingredients and creating dishes based around what they could source, you know, farm to table, so to speak. Right. And and what's what's great to me that is obviously I, I, I didn't know that. 
um, as that she's a famous chef or anything. But even if you do know it, he doesn't treat her with any kind of like reverence. She's just one more person who loves garlic and shows up in this film. And I love that about his 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 sort of approach to things. Yeah, I want to, you know, I definitely recommend checking out uh, The Last Magnificent, the Jeremiah Tower documentary that Anthony Bourdain produced. Um, and you can get a different perspective because they're not really cool anymore, Tower and Alice Waters. But still, oh. like, I mean, they're not cool with each other anymore. They're cool oh, oh, people. Okay. Yeah. So I think there's like some heat over like who really defined California cuisine, you know. But Josh, going back to what you were saying there about this being in another program. And then, you, you know, you made a good point. You'd have to go to like an art museum or we probably saw stuff like this at colleges. And now... We have so much access to this. We watched a lot of these on the Criterion channel, and you can find so many of these less blank documentaries on different streaming services, especially on Criterion. So we're pretty, uh, we're, we have it much easier than a lot of people have had in the past to check stuff like this out. We do. It's, it's, it's great that, that uh, Criterion has a whole big less blank collection, including this film. Um, but if you don't subscribe, Canopy also has a bunch of less blank films, including um, uh, which I didn't get to, but a, a feature length, like interview with him on some public television show from the 1970s in San Francisco. So, uh, yeah, amazing wealth of material where if you watch the, these films, you can see at the end of every one of these films, it's like funded with arts grants and stuff like that. And I'm sure it was difficult, even though he was very prolific, it was always difficult for him to get the financing for every one of his projects. And, you know, nowadays this is something that proliferates. And I think if Les Blank were around now, he'd weirdly probably have an easier time of getting his films made because there's so many more avenues for them. And you almost wonder, would he go a different way? Because he kind of blazed his own path with finding out how to do this, right? Like, so would he be on the next thing? Would he have been early into crowdfunding or would he be doing NFTs of his films right oh, now? You man, know? I so hope not. He might be doing the next thing, which we don't even know about yet, right? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, just one thing to go back to Chez Panisse. Um, that is, of course, also the restaurant where Werner Herzog cooks his shoe in Werner Herzog Eats His Shoe. With the assistance of Alice Waters. Yes. So such a versatile chef she is. A pioneer in shoe cuisine as well. Mm. <laughs> someone we really need a shoe cookbook from her yes so. yes we do yeah. um called it's all about soul Ooh, Ooh that's a that's nice. a good one that's a good one soul um food. That, even better so jason um had you ever seen this or any less blank films no and what a delight it was to dig into this actually i had seen burden of dreams i should uh, correct myself which is essential for everyone to watch ever it's you know, we'll get into that, but it's it's basically less blank documenting the making of Fitzcarraldo and Werner Herzog is the subject. And I think we've talked about it before, how much I love that piece. Um, but I hadn't seen the other ones. And, you know, like we said, there's so much access to them now. And a lot of them are short pieces. It's so easy to get there. So as I said, it was it was great just exploring his catalog. Yeah, it was. And I had not even seen Burden of Dreams before. So this was a full introduction to less blank for me. And I did watch Burden of Dreams, as well as this. I think I watched six Les Blank films leading up to this because, Jason, as you say, a lot of them are real short. They're easy to watch. And he is well known for his music documentaries. That's his other kind of major area of expertise. And I think both of us, we watched the uh, the Blues Accord into Lightning Hopkins, which is uh, one Amazing. of his renowned films. Yeah, I, I love that one. I mean, I was I couldn't I was just like, this is awesome. That was a great one. 
Yeah. And it's not what you, it's not just like interview performance, interview performance. He really gets like the flavor to use the food metaphor of this guy's environment and how he interacts with people. And you maybe don't learn all the biographical details, but you get a real like vibe uh, of spending time with this guy. Yeah. And I think that's a trend. I mean, we have to watch more, but I think that's a trend in both his music and his food documentaries is like, how does it relate to the cultural surroundings at large? Right. Right. And sometimes just other weird things. I also watched uh, gap toothed women which doesn't fit in any of his major categories and it is about women with gaps in their teeth. And you think just like garlic, like how is this a movie? But it goes on for half an hour and he finds all these weird little avenues and gets to some sort of larger points about, you know, body acceptance and things like that way back in the, in like the early eighties. And uh, it was lovely. That's cool, man. So, and you also, I mean, since we're talking about it, you had, you watched burden of dreams for the first time. Yes. That's a real trip, huh? That is, I mean, and that is by far his most famous film because of its association with Werner Herzog. And um, I mean, of course, Les Blank and, and Werner Herzog were good friends. They had longtime association. Herzog shows up in Garlic is as good as 10 Mothers very briefly, sort of befuddled as he's a- answering questions about why is there no garlic in his film of Nosferatu. And in Burden of Dreams, he's wearing a garlic uh, is as good as 10 Mothers t-shirt. Yes. While he is complaining about the elements <laughs> and the, the paucity of life and dreams. <laughs> yes. Um, and Burden of Dreams is, I feel like that's maybe the one challenge to my, my thesis, how I said that every less blank film is sort of this wonderful celebration. Obviously, Burden of Dreams is a movie about things going wrong, like all the time. But I feel like even so, it is a celebration of Herzog's insane vision. A celebration of things going wrong. Yeah. I no longer have fantasies because everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. I mean, I think it is very different from the tone of a movie that Herzog himself would make about this same sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, it's very entertaining. And that's the one that people are most likely to have seen, certainly. Yeah. And I, uh, when we were prepping, I, I, I knew Dave would really like Burden of Dreams anyway, but I was kind of like imploring him, Dave, watch this because it's, we got to watch it anyway. But Dave, you really like that as well. I know. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I, I loved all three of these that I watched and Lightning Hopkins was going to be like the next one on my list. I haven't gotten to it yet, but yeah, these were a lot of fun. So you watched this, uh, Burden of Dreams and Eats a Shoe? Yes. Yeah. Why, why wouldn't I eat my shoe? It is there, and I made a deal to eat the shoe, so now I must eat the shoe. <laughs> Anything else on the background that you want to offer in your Werner Herzog voice? Yeah, Josh, this, this well, I mean, I'm back to my normal voice, so, okay. uh, um, but um, this also played at the Berlin Film Festival, so um, that's pretty cool. Um, Josh, you ever have a movie in the Berlin Film Festival? No, but I've never made a movie about garlic, so maybe I'll get there. Mm, I see a path forward for you. Probably not. All right. Well, that was the only thing I wanted to add. Thank you. We'll come back in a moment and talk about our general thoughts on garlic is as good as 10 mothers. Welcome back to Awesome Movie Year. In this episode of our season on the films of 1980, we've been talking about our documentary pick. Garlic is as good as 10 Mothers by Les Blank. And we've we've delved a lot into Les Blank as a whole here and talked about some of his other films that we watched. 
but this film, even even if you take this away, you know, you remove it from the overall less blank context, I feel like this movie is just super entertaining on its own. That it will teach you stuff about garlic, but you're never thinking like, oh, this is an educational film or it's dry or anything like that. It's just so fun. It is fun. And, um, you know, that's the theme we keep coming back to. And I'm kind of excited to hear from you guys because I was thinking, you know, like, as you know, like, I once had a food television show on and I've pitched so much food TV. So I'm so, um, you know, deep into that world that like when I watch this, I'm like, what I, the way I'm watching it is like, huh, this is interesting seeing where it was at that time and knowing how that genre has progressed. But I think you guys, not to say, obviously you've watched plenty of shows around, about food or this or that, but like you are able to watch it with a more objective eye than I am. Well, I mean, I think one thing that struck me is that, you know, there's tons and tons of food TV shows and documentaries right now. And and Jason, you, I'm sure, have seen far more of them than I have. But I feel like even across the wide spectrum of those, there's such a, a slickness to them. And I feel like there's certain kinds of shots, like slow motion shots and 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 camera angles and things like that that you expect to see in whatever food documentary or TV show that you watch. What What I loved about this movie is that it feels very, I don't know if I want to say it feels raw because it's certainly professional and polished and put together, but it just feels like it's sort of ex exploratory, I guess. It's not following a template. It's not doing exactly what you expect at any moment. It feels like less blank, just kind of going from one thing to another, like, wow, look at this other cool thing I found. And now check out this cool thing. And the editing is really sharp. Jason, you mentioned the, the sort of cross-cutting with the music and the preparation of the garlic. And there's a lot of stuff like that where he'll go from something, you know, sort of serious or educational to just something goofy and and sometimes in the same shot. I mean, we have the guy Lloyd, uh, Lloyd John Harris, who is sort of the, the garlic ambassador who spends his entire interview wearing a giant garlic hat. And it's absurd. Of course it's absurd. But he's also like really, really genuinely passionate about garlic. He wrote books about garlic. But... He did. He wrote books. He, he ran the Garlic Times newsletter. He was the head of the Lovers of the Stinking Rose uh, fan club. He was the garlic guru. Yeah, he was. So, And don't forget his adult film, Put Your Bulbs in My Mouth. Never mind. Um, that's not real. See, that's not, that's not real. But like having watched this movie, I would believe that it was real. Yeah, you could just, it's just <laughs> him in the hat. Everything else is off of that. <laughs> but uh, Josh, you know, uh, you know, like you're, you're talking about stuff like, I mean, really Jiro Dreams of Sushi, um, Bourdain, we mentioned those kind of proliferated what we would consider food porn and then chef's table. And like, and that's amazing, right? Like, because now we're talking about the evolution of a genre. but. I can see after, like you're saying, like sometimes I watch food TV and I'm like, hey, guess what? I don't need to see a chef pose like he's a heavyweight fighter. He's cooking right. a meal, not yes. boxing. You know? And the camera kind of hands, uh, like swoops across him, I guess you would say, <laughs> right. the way that they shoot Fog it. machine, fog machine, fog <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> machine, right? And it's like, you, you know, um, not to say that that he was a fly on the wall because you, we know from like, you know, reading about Burden of Dreams, like that he might have a conversation with Herzog uh, in one place and he might have to, uh, you know, have that conversation again on camera in another place to get a point. But it is more of him, like you said, it, it's more of an exploration. Like it's less point of view and more like, 
like you said, here here's all the fun things that I found about this place. Right. And at the same time, he is not a presence. And I feel like now, not just in food things, but in so many documentaries, you are stuck with something that was innovative when, say, Michael Moore used to do it, um, where the, the documentarian has to be inserted in it. And so, you know, something like this now would have narration or on-camera appearances from someone saying, hey, here's what I found about garlic and isn't garlic crazy? And they'd have to go on camera and try some garlic dish or try on the garlic hat or something. And Les Blank is very diligent about not inserting himself. I mean, to the point where Burden of Dreams is the only film uh, of his, I think I saw where there's, there's narration. And he doesn't do it himself. You know, he gets someone else to do the narration because he is behind the scenes only. And if I'm not mistaken, that person is Maureen Gosling, who is his editor and collaborator, who was also uh, on this film as well as the editor. Yeah, he worked with her a lot. I don't think she's, it's a different female narrator on Burden of Dreams. Um, I forget the name, but I don't so think So I am mistaken. <laughs> but she is an important collaborator of his. And he worked with a very small crew of a lot of the same people over the course of his very long career. I mean, he started making documentaries in the 60s and worked all the way basically up until he died in 2013, you know, with, with this re relatively similar group of people. Did you know what else was interesting in this? And and now you would be like, you could just cut that all together. But it was 1980. So it's mostly, like you said, at the Gilroy Garlic Festival in Chez Panisse. And we're doing these garlic dinners. And everything is situated there. And then all of a sudden, he's in a strip mall going to a Chinese restaurant. And a Chinese chef is teaching him how to make basically garlic chicken or you know chicken and garlic sauce. And I think it was because in 1980, you know, fast casual Chinese food was not a readily available staple of the American diet. It was more like, hey, look, other cultures are using it too, right? But today you would just be like, huh, why is this in here? I mean, I didn't feel that way necessarily. Like I thought that was, was fascinating too. And it just shows another use of garlic, even if it is something that is common now. I mean, he also goes to like a barbecue restaurant, which I'm sure was far more common at that time than fast casual Chinese restaurants and people were familiar with, but he takes time to show the preparation of garlic dishes in this barbecue restaurant as well. I think that's one of the great things that Les Blank does is that, you know, maybe it's something that it's, it's like boilerplate or basic now, but making these films in this, the, like the, the seventies and the eighties, they're all really diverse in ways that you wouldn't necessarily expect films to be from these eras and not in a way that feels forced or feels like he's kind of trying to show off about it or whatever, but he's just really curious about everything. And so naturally that extends to all different cultural areas and, uh, you know, cuisines and things that he might not have been familiar with in his own personal background. So I, I like that sequence. And the fact that he takes the whole time in that the Chinese cooking sequence to show the guy every single ingredient. He's like, now we put this in and now we put this in and now we put this in and we really get a sense of it and where the garlic fits in. As we all know, you're a, you eat like a three-year-old. Yeah. And, um, so do you think I could get you to eat some uh, Chinese chicken and garlic sauce? No, I don't think so. Yeah, but I liked watching them prepare it. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, fair enough, Josh. Uh, Dave, tell us about what you thought about the music in this thing, because it's so essential to the piece. 
It really is. Every song is so good. I, I was so happy that you uh, started the episode out by singing because that is part of what Josh I took was really away from this. Dave, I'm the sure only person was. happy about that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. No, I actually had written down on my notes here, the songs rule. Like, you know, like it's seriously like uh, my favorite was the barbecue blues song like that. That was awesome. But it all kind of adds to that uh, experience of just feeling like you're somebody just invited you back into the kitchen to watch some garlic getting used and food getting made. And it's just, it's infectious. And to speak to like the greater point of that, like, I think, you know, look, this is a movie about garlic, but like we're talking about culture overall, music and food and art. And, you know, even, you know, when Werner Herzog's eating his own shoe, which uh, there's a scene in there where Alice Waters says like, you should add some rosemary. Wouldn't it have been good if she said, you should add some garlic to that. (laughs) Yeah. It would have been perfect. You know, it's all, it's all, it all is one bigger cultural organism and food has always been a piece of culture. And I think now we look at it in that way, or sometimes some people look at it too seriously that way, but like it is essential to culture the same way music is essential to culture and the, the, you know, kind of the joining of those two things is so natural. I think that's why it's so effective. Yeah, and you always get the sense too that it's not, again, it's not forced. Les Blank loves this stuff. He loves garlic and he loves all the music. And you get the sense that any of these things could be the subject of its own Les Blank documentary. You know, Les Blank could make a whole movie about Le Camembert, the like French or whatever band that's playing at one point in the background, or the the Spanish guy who yells about garlic and sings his songs. It could all be something that he's just off on a little journey with. And, and I do love that. Um, there's another thing about the music and I think maybe it was a letterbox or some review mentioned with that band, I think Le Camembert, where we're watching some food being prepared or something. We hear the music and you think it's, it's a soundtrack. It's non-diegetic music. And then at one point, Les Blank pans the camera over and note, there's the band just kind of hanging out there playing the song (laughs) and it's just great. (laughs) Hey Josh, do you know what, where the title comes from? Uh, according to Wikipedia, um, it is the the phrase something like "garlic is as good as ten mothers for keeping away suitors" or something like that. For keeping girls away. That's for, right. Yeah, there you go. Um, it's not mentioned in the movie, but I assume that is correct. Yeah, I think that's right too. Um, Dave, do you have a favorite garlic dish? No keto garlic dish. Oh yeah, is yeah, garlic keto, I, Dave? Can you eat garlic? Garlic is one of those things where it's kind of like there's a little bit too many carbs, but we just eat them anyway and we just don't count it because (laughs) it's garlic. You got to eat garlic. Last Mm. night I made these like really good uh, veggie meatball subs and Mm. uh, yeah, sliced up some garlic. Josh, my guess is if you use it, you just use the powder, right? I do. In fact, I just bought myself a new uh, thing of garlic powder at the grocery store the other day. It's I mean, look, Obviously, fresh is the best way to do it, but like sure. uh, Trader Joe's already has it pre-peeled in like packages, and you can just slice it up and throw it in your sauce, and and it's delicious. So uh, pro garlic. I uh, I don't really have anything else to say about this movie. <laughs> yeah, well, I think there's at one point in the movie there is one of maybe it's the maybe it's Lloyd John Harris or someone else who complains about the literal thing that you just described, which is the pre-packaged garlic mm-hmm. um, that you could just buy, you know, the wrapped in plastic and open up. But I feel like that is still more. You're saying it's still it's peeled, but it's like whole garlic versus the powder that yeah. I use, which Les Blank would probably you know despair of me using that. And I've, it's still fresh 
fresh, you know, but it's just, you know, in the refrigerated, right? Right. So yeah, I, I think it's fine. In the film, they do talk about how a lot of the health benefits are lessened by a great amount in the powder form. So um, yeah. I also have black garlic in my kitchen, Josh. I love black garlic. Black garlic is really good. Yeah. No, I don't I, even, I, I, I don't even know about. Yeah, when I get ramen, I always get black garlic ramen. So that's a that's a pretty cool thing. I know people. Just a fun fact about me: What kind of yeah. ramen does he get? Black garlic ramen. That's the answer. <laughs> good. Yeah, good. To well, know. The reason why I had trouble like picking out a favorite thing to put garlic in is because we put garlic in everything in yeah. this household. So yeah. you know, I'm you all know. for it. Um, the only other thing I want to mention, and another thing that I think comes through in so many less blank films, which is his solidarity with kind of you know the average person, the working class person is, um, you know, we see at the end of this movie, the packaging, the picking and packaging of garlic and this message for, you know, supporting workers. And I like that the movie yeah. kind of closes with that message. It's not heavy handed, but it's there and it's important to him and he puts it in. I think that's good. And it, it, it was like its own little kind of coda, so to speak. So Yes. So should we rate this film out of, I mean, obviously five cloves of bulbs garlic? Of, bulbs of garlic? Garlic hats, maybe? Garlic related items there you go just encompass everything <laughs> how about just garlics sure just five, call them garlic. out of five garlics how do you rate this it, i got three for me i mean it was fine and lovely and um it's not my favorite of his films but uh i enjoyed it three garlics <laughs> i'm going to give it three and a half garlics i think i enjoyed it more than than a few of the other ones that i saw um and it, can, it just really surprised me going into it. I thought, okay, how much of this can there be? And he just always finds new fun ways to explore. So three and a half garlics from me, Dave. I'm going to four guys. I just, right. I had a really fun time with it and it made me very hungry. <laughs> yes, it does achieve that. Absolutely. I'm sure more so if you're sitting in the theater where Les Blank has cooked garlic in the back of the theater. I would love to be at one of those screenings. That That'd would be, be amazing. Awesome. So we'll come back in a moment and talk about the legacy of garlic is as good as 10 mothers. Welcome back to awesome movie year in this episode of our season on the films of 1980. We are talking about our documentary pick garlic is as good as 10 mothers by Les Blank. And we've talked a lot already about Les Blank's overall career. He is certainly one of the most famous, beloved American documentary filmmakers. Um, continued making many more films after this, including Burden of Dreams, which we've talked about a lot and his, is his most famous and successful film. A lot of movies about food, a lot of movies about music. He died in 2013. And, uh, you know, was working through then his final film called How to Smell a Rose, which also involved cooking and uh, a portrait of a fellow filmmaker named Ricky Leacock was released right after his death in 2014. Um, Jason, are there any other less blank works that we didn't talk about that you saw or that you liked? Uh, no, I think we did talk about the ones that I've seen. I would be interested in watching more. But I, I, uh, I mean, I, as I said, I love burden of dreams i have for many years but i was so impressed with the blues according to lightning hopkins that was just great and there's some awesome shots of just like him playing you know and it's like a bunch of people like in a field or by a truck and you see like just what a communal feel this is and like you just get so much out of it and you know the people dancing like i couldn't 
I didn't expect that one. I thought like, you know, we've seen, we've all seen good and bad music documentaries, but like you said, this is so this kind of, he's not trying to imprint his own style on it. He's just leaving it be. And like, I just thought it was so good, man. It was good. And I I'd love to watch more. Like we've said, there's a whole big collection on criterion with a lot of cool uh, films, um, including his other main like feature length film, a poem is a naked person which is about Leon Russell that was made in, I think the sixties or seventies, but had not really been released until much, much later. Um, but all sorts of stuff. There's documentaries about polka and about uh, Cajun, Cajun food. Cajun yeah. food. Yeah, exactly. Called a uh, yum, 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 which I think was part of that. Uh, the one program that the LA times wrote about in 1991. So lots of, lots of uh, less blank films to watch. And uh, one of his final films I did also watch, which is not on Criterion, but you can watch on Canopy called All in This Tea, which is about tea and follows an American tea importer as he goes to China and is trying to acquire the best teas in China. And it deals a lot with the kind of cultural differences and the difficulties that this guy has in communicating what he wants. And honestly, he comes off as maybe kind of a dick <laughs> to the Chinese people in some way. So... It's uh, it's not necessarily the best Les Blank film, but it was interesting to watch a much later film of his from 2007. And, and that film is kind of getting a resurgence right now because it's referenced extensively in a scene in the movie After Yang, where Colin Farrell's character plays uh, a tea merchant and talks about having watched this film and does a Werner Herzog impression. A good one, too. I think uh, I'm going to take my Werner Herzog impression over his, but, you know, whatever, Farrell, you can have one, too. Um, of course, Josh, Dave, and I did cover After Yang in a preview episode of the trailers for Piecing It Together, which we do once a month, and I recommend people listen to. I too recommend that. So, Thanks. but but I think neither of you guys managed to. See I watched it. After Yang. Oh no, and not After Yang. I mean, all in this tea. Oh yeah. no, we didn't watch that. No. So, Josh, right. you watched six of these. What what yes. were the other ones you watched? Uh, I watched Gap Toothed Women and uh, Lightning Hopkins. Werner Herzog eats his shoe. Uh, all in this tea, burden of dreams, and then and then this one. So I mean, I think we've kind of covered all of those. Yeah. But Do you have one you'd want to watch next? Because the Leon Russell one sounds pretty interesting to me. Yeah, I think the one about like polka music that appeals to me, uh, Dave, as a Weird Al fan, of course. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, I find polka fascinating, and it's called something like "In Heaven There Is No Beer." And it just has a weird title, so uh, I'm I'm all for that. Yeah, I have a note, Josh, that he's done documentaries on blues, Appalachian music, which would be pretty great, Cajun, Creole, Tex-Mex, polka, uh, tamboritza, and Hawaiian music. Yeah, and I think that's again one of the great things is he's just so curious. He's just this inherently curious guy that he's always wanting to learn more about stuff, and you get that sense in his films. Josh, actually, one that we didn't mention, but I had mentioned on the. Buena Vista Social Club episode was the Ry Cooter documentary, the Ry Cooter and the Moolah Band Rhythm Aces. There, there you go. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, speaking of Buena Vista Social Club, uh, Vim Vendors credited with additional camera, um, I believe in this one or one one of the less blank movies that I watched has Vim Vendors credited. It's, it's kind of fun when you watch like uh, Werner Herzog eats his shoe because it's like, well, I made a bet with Errol Morris and Errol got the job done. So now less blank must film me eating my shoe and it's like they're all just together you know all these like kind of they all forge their own path right like it wasn't really there for them we know Werner Herzog is um and Errol Morris kind of like you know essential documentarians as well right so 
it's cool that they had this camaraderie and support for one another. Yeah, it's great to see that as a community. And when I saw that Vim Vendor's credit, I was like, oh, was he not really like doing much at that time? And he was starting out. But no, he was. He just was like, I'm going to go hang out with Les Blank and film some garlic. And so he did. So I love that. And Les Blank's son, Harrod, uh, also became a, uh, a documentarian. And he's also... Um, does stuff about art cars. That's like his other passion, art cars. Yeah, he he currently is sort of the head of the Les Blank uh, nonprofit film company that works on preserving Les Blank films and getting them out there. I'm sure he was very involved in the whole Criterion release of all of these films and uh, is supposed to be working on a documentary about his father called Les Blank, A Quiet Revelation, uh, along with Gina Leibrecht, who is the co-director of the last couple of Les Blank films. She co-directed All in This Tea and How to Smell a Rose. So I don't know what the status of that project is, but it's listed on the Les Blank Incorporated like website. And the other great thing about Herod Blank, Les Blank's son, is that he is in Garlic is as Good as Ten Mothers uh, as Youth Saved from Dysentery, who talks about how <laughs> that's how he's credited. And he talks about how he went to Mexico and, uh, you know, was was having some right. stomach uh, problems. And the locals told them to eat like nine cloves of garlic a day to prevent dysentery. Yeah. Uh, Josh, one horrible thing that we have to bring up was at the Gar Gilroy Garlic Festival a couple of years ago, there was a mass shooting. and. Uh, this goes to show that we are, uh, you know, horrible as a species. But hopefully, the since then it has returned to uh, all of its glory, and uh, as many people as possible, we want we want to be okay from. That. Yeah, of course. Have you ever been to that festival, Jason? No, but I'd be way down to do it. I'd probably want to yeah. film something there too. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, I think th there's there's some in this film, but there's I'm sure a lot more to go into with that festival than we see in this film because it's just one element of it. Um, and the festival did continue. That shooting was in 2019. And I don't know, it might not have happened in 2020 because of the pandemic, but it definitely did occur last year in 2021. So they've they've bounced back from that, which is great. You know, we don't want to see something like that end such an institution. Um, Chez Panisse is also still open, is still an institution. Alice Waters, a major uh, sort of figure in the food world, as Jason uh, was saying. Jason, have you ever eaten at Chez Panisse? Man, I gotta go. <laughs> go to the garlic festival, eat at Chez Panisse. Come on. I gotta I gotta put some money away for this trip to NorCal to do all this stuff. Jason's so. garlic pilgrimage that he's gonna go on. <laughs> Listen, uh, you know, instead of donating to Dave's dumb Patreon, why don't you guys send me on a trip to Northern California to Chez Panisse and the Garlic Festival? Well, we benefit from Dave's Patreon too. It includes us. So why? I haven't benefited once from it, Josh. <laughs> well, when we get enough patrons, we'll send you to the Garlic Festival. Um, that there would be lovely. Uh, Les Blank won the Edward McDowell Medal in the Arts. Josh, what was the last medal you won? Um, probably for participation of some kind. <laughs> <laughs> well, no one participates quite like you, Josh. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I did, I did want to look up Lloyd John Harris, the sort of garlic guru in this film, who is the guy in the crazy garlic hat, the president of the Lovers of the Stinking Rose fan club, the publisher of the Garlic Times and the Book of Garlic. And uh, he wrote another garlic book in 1986 and uh, continues to this day to write cookbooks and books about food and uh, also became sort of a, a documentary filmmaker about food himself. And I love this statement. So you go to his website and the picture of him now is this like very serious, 
you know, he's obviously a lot older now and he's got this kind of like, I'm a scholar look on his face, but uh, he has a, a little like bio on his website and he says, garlic seduced me in the 1970s and I spent a decade promoting a garlic revolution. If I had stayed focused on garlic, I might have ended up the wavy gravy of garlic, a combination clown, philosopher, and activist. I did have plans for a Mr. Garlic product line that might have paid the bills, but ultimately moved on. So kind of disappointing that he didn't become the wavy gravy of garlic because I, I mean, would have loved that if he was still wearing the garlic hat. Or yeah. the opposite, which it sounds like he's moving more towards like, Garlic turned out to be a real bastard, and I will hate it for the rest of my life. No, I will I bite you to the death, garlic. I think he still loves garlic, and he still does write like cookbooks and stuff. And I'm sure they have garlic uh, ingredients in them. But um, I just thought it was funny that like it's very jarring to go to his website and see the photo of him right on there, and how like serious and scholarly he looks now versus the goofy guy in the in the garlic hat. So, uh, anything else on the legacy here you want to mention, Jason? No, this was a great find. Um, highly recommend. If you just pick any Les Blank movie, we've talked about a bunch of them and, and just dig in, guys. More like blank. you would to a dish with garlic. Just dig in. Yes, do indeed. Yes, dig in. <laughs> that is Garlic is as Good as Ten Mothers. And that is this episode of Awesome Movie Year. You can dig into our social media. You can, and I'll tell you what I would dig into, awesomemovieyear.com if you want to hear these episodes on an RSS feed. You can also check us out at Awesome Movie Year on Facebook and Instagram, Awesome Movie Pod on Twitter. One thing you don't want to dig into is go for jason.com. That stinks P-U. Uh, however, Jason Harris Comedy or Jay Harris Comedy on all those socials, well, that's as good as 10 mothers. Nice. <laughs> For keeping people away, right? That's the second, second part of that. And wonderful mothers that you want to spend time with. Okay. <laughs> uh, com is my stinky website. Uh, also, Josh Bell Hates Everything on Facebook and at Signal Bleed on Twitter. And listen to our producer, David Rosen's awesome podcast, Piecing It Together. Check out Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts and you can follow us on social media at Piecing Pod. And, and do contribute to the Patreon. <laughs> yeah, so we, nice. we have our bonus episodes there as well. So uh, check that out, the Buy David Rosen Patreon. Make it so Dave can buy fresh garlic, guys. Get him mm -hmm. some money. Yes. <laughs> what do we have in our next episode, Jason? Well, Josh, unlike how Mr. Lloyd might feel about garlic, I am not a bastard. It is your pick. Why don't you tell us? My pick is the, I think, very underrated teen comedy, Little Darlings, starring Christy McNichol and Tatum O'Neill. So tune in next time for Little Darlings. And thanks for listening to Awesome Movie Year. Thank you for listening to Awesome Movie Year. Make sure to follow Awesome Movie Year on Facebook, at Awesome Movie Pod on Twitter, and at Awesome Movie Year on Instagram. And if you like the show, review us and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. An All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas. Garlic, garlic, we have done the show. Garlic, garlic, what?
do you know? I can keep going, but I won't. Shouldn't have been, and now it's time to go if we've we've done the show, and now, come on. Garlic, garlic, and now it's time to go. That was good. Make that the end. <laughs>